So I'm sure you have heard something along the lines of like what a, uh, the movement's MGTO and and the red pill. I want to talk about those a little closer and kind of explain why the whole line of thinking on these are just a little bit on the wrong side. Both sides uh, just completely miss the mark as to what exactly is that red pill. What exactly is it for a man to go their own way and why both of these are just flat out wrong. Welcome to Relaxed Mel, podcast that helps men change their relationship with themselves. I am your host, Brian, and I am a men's life and mindset coach who is here to help you understand that you don't have to suffer at your own expense. You can live your dream, and I encourage you to set, then pursue your goals. So join me as I change the mindset and attitudes of men so that they can be the leaders of their families and their destinies. Hey man, hello and welcome to Relax Mel. This week we're going to be talking about uh, the folly of the red pill, folly of men going their own way, and why that actually such such as a a wrong angle to take when it comes to how you're going to find happiness in this world. But before we do, I uh, want to say thank you again for all you folks who are new here. This is your first time listening. Hello, welcome to the to the show. I'm your host, Brian. I'm a men's coach, and I help essentially help men get out of their own way, help them to relax and understand that they can accomplish all the things in their life they want to accomplish. It's the person that they really need to fight is them, and it's very easy for them to step aside and get out of the way with just a little bit of, of thought work. But this one, this week, I wanted to to address something that I, I've seen, I've come across several times. Now, apparently these movements have been around almost 10 years, if not more. Actually, I think they've been going on for for centuries, honestly. There are those guys who just simply give up and they are, they're, they're not going to do anything uh, to, to contribute to society in some way or another. They leave, they, uh, <clears throat> they go their own way. And we're going to be talking about that. But before I do... Every week, I like to talk about, uh, have a uh, answer a question. And that question is, uh, question of the week can be asked by you. If you'd like to uh, have me answer a question that you have about life, whatever, you know, a problem, a barrier that you're having, a, a mental hangup that you've got on something, you can shoot an email over to Brian with a Y at relaxmail.com, or you can go to relaxmail.com forward slash contact, fill out the the contact form and I will receive it. I answer your question on the show and uh, we, and, and help you to uh, get further down the road. If for whatever reason, I don't have a, a, a question that comes in, then I usually jump over on to Cora and that's where this, this week's question comes from. Now the question of the week is brought to you by the brotherhood of men. This is a men's group that I have put together that helps men to, achieve those goals that they they want in their life is it to lose weight bingo is it to have a better understanding of their wife bingo we we can help you want to try to start a business we can help you with that we can give you the support the this is i've talked about the man's community for uh for quite a while now 
And that is what the, the Brotherhood of Men is. It is a, a community where you're able to go and sit down and talk about the issues and the problems that you're facing in your life with a group of masculine men. And each of those men can will have ideas, suggestions, thoughts uh, that can help you to get past that barrier, get past that obstacle that's in your way so that you can actually live a, a better, fuller life. If you are interested in joining up with the Brotherhood of Men, you can do so by going to relaxmail.com forward slash brotherhood. There'll be a little form you can fill out. It comes to me. I'll look it over. Uh, probably we'll end up calling you up and we'll have a little discussion to see how well of a fit you are. And from there, if you're, if you're in, then great. We'll, uh, we'll start, uh, we'll figure out which, which group would be the best fit for you. And, and we'd go from there and you start living your life with an, an, an intention that you never thought was possible. So this week's question is if you mess up your life, in the eyes of your family and friends, how do you get it back? And this is one of those where so many people believe they have messed stuff up. And so they either a spend their whole life trying to fix that problem and correct it and, and beat themselves up and go through all this, these different layers of suffering and, and anxiety and all that, because they aren't living to what their family believes they need to do. While there's others who just live their life. Now, what I the phrase of mess it, that uh is important in here in that question is messing up your life. If you messed up your life in the eyes of your family and friends. That whole line right there is just a thought. That's all it is. It's no not an ounce of fact in it. Yeah, you may come across a couple of your family members who think you've messed your life up. But is that true? Is that honestly to verifiably in the court of law true? Answer is no. That is just an opinion. And so to think that somebody has messed their life up is just you having a thought. And if you think that your family thinks that you've messed your life up, you really honestly don't know that. Yeah, you may be responding to some actions or some comments that have been made, but even those comments are nothing more than just a set of thoughts. We run a a a deal a thing called uh, or we throw these little silent contracts onto people. These uh, also call, I also time to time call them these manuals. And these are just, these are operator manuals that we made up so that we expect somebody else to, how they, we expect somebody else to actually operate. So if I give one to my wife, I think, you know, I give my wife the manual of, I think we should have uh, sex every night that I'm at the house. And, uh, then twice a week, uh, you send me, uh, dirty pictures and we talk dirty and we have a, a sex life that is to my fulfillment. Um, I get to, I can, I come home, I'll help you do, you know, X, Y, and Z you help me do, uh, you know, A, B, and C. And, you know, it may sound like it's a, a nice and perfect world. But you know what? It's in all reality, it's not because when you have that manual and you hand that person that manual, whether you physically actually write out what you expect, these all these expectations, all these silent contracts, and you hand it to the person, they have a choice. They can either choose to do what the, what you want to do with that, uh, to follow that manual, or they can choose to just kind of go, huh, oh, okay, well, that's entertaining and throw it away. 
they have as many choices as do. You can choose to be walk around being butt hurt because, you know, you're not you're only getting sex once a week instead of, you know, five days a week. Uh, you may be running around sulking around the house because, you know, your wife isn't doing what you want her to do. Well, that's your choice. You chose to sulk around. You've chose to be the guy who isn't being very attractive to your wife. Those manuals are often a big problem because we we make these uh, these these manuals up and then we f- never tell the person what we expect and then we get mad because that person isn't doing what we wanted them to do. Wanted them to, you know, cook supper and have supper on the table and ready to go at six o'clock when you get home. And it doesn't always work. It doesn't always happen. And a lot of times, uh, you know, like my wife, I was telling her that she would just say, (laughs) yeah, well then get home sooner so you can cook it. So you can, you understand that these silent contracts are often hindrances. They block you from having a better connection because you're just, you've made these decisions that, hey, this is how things are going to be. And in all reality, that's not how they're going to be. You cause all this suffering, all this anxiety, all this frustration because you want something to be away and you want to be able to control somebody who, you know, can't control. You can't control your wife. Your wife can't control you. Now, because if are walking around life thinking that you've messed up, holding on to that particular thought, you're You've messed up your whole life. Your life is in ruins now because, you know, you didn't do what your grandfather told you. You didn't do what your mom told you. You're going to act that out. Now, you can, every event in your life is neutral, all right? There's, it's not wrong. It's not right. It's not positive. It's not negative. It isn't, it is neutral until you apply a thought. So, say you uh, buy a car that's way too expensive. Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? Well, to you, it may be a good thing. To your family, they're going, oh, good God, he's never going to be able to pay this. He's going to get it. He's going to get uh, it repossessed uh, two months in, and he's ruining his credit and all this other stuff. Possible. That's very possible. But us humans are terrible at uh, predicting the future. Our thoughts come from that situation, that, that event that happens in your life. That's what creates our thoughts, and those thoughts create the emotions. So, Maybe they're actually having a thought of, well, how did he afford something like that nice? I've I've been working, you know, 40 years now, and I've not ever been able to afford anything that nice. That's, you know, there's a lot of little bitty smaller thoughts that go into, into, into overarching thoughts that are being said. So a lot of times there's a little bit of jealousy and things like that. And so people will say stuff to, as a means to kind of sabotage you. But however want to take those events, even if somebody does try to sabotage you, you can take those events and you can keep them as a positive event. You can make it a a good thing or you can make it a make it a bad thing. You can buy into the to the manual that your family has given you and decided, you know what, you're right. Yeah, this is completely stupid. This is dumb. I am I don't know what I was doing. I'm going to ruin my life. My wife was in, in shambles. I might as well just, you know, pack things up and just never try anything ever again. Or you can just go, well, okay, well, that's a thought, mom. And that's a possibility. Maybe I have messed my life up, May, but I don't, I don't believe I have. And you can live your life on your terms. My terms are that I'm going to live my life to 
be a a great father, a great you know uh, a great husband, and a helper of other men. Or I can you know choose to just be a a, a couch potato and sit and watch uh, television, play video games, and weigh four hundred pounds. These are my choices. I can either ruin my life or I can choose to live my life. And I can live my life on what my terms are. And that's exactly what you're able to do. You can live your life on your terms. And you can do so by accepting that your family is going to have their own thoughts. Their family is going to have their own opinions. They're going to have their own views as to what your life is. They're going to make the commentaries. They're going to cause drama. They're going to create that. Every family does. No matter whether you're in the United States, you're in Germany, you're in India, you're in you know Pakistan, you're in in Japan, family is going to create some type of drama because you're not doing something according to what their their manual, their set of instructions for you uh, dictates. So because you didn't go with what exactly what they said to them, yeah, you're going to mess up your life. The it is up to you to prove them wrong. No, I didn't mess up my life. As a matter of fact, I made my life better because I did this. But thank you so much for caring me. You can love them for the fact that they are not correct, that they care so much about you that they're, they fear that you're going, to mess their, you're going to mess your life up. You can thank them for the fact they care that much for you. That's, again, your choice. You can have that choice. You can have that, um, that thought. Uh, well, he says that because he cares about me. He says that because he wants the best for me. Or you can say I mean, they're, they say that because they hate. Which one feels better? So with that, let's jump on over to the main topic. Now, the main topic, like I said, is folly of the red pill. And I love that word, folly. It's just it's a the such a a fun term to say, and you know what exactly what it means. It means the the wrong wrongness of of. of of something, it means that there is a lack of good sense in this. Um, say uh, foolishness, foolishness of the red pill, and that's exactly what the red pill and a lot of these men's movements that are going on. I see as as sheer foolishness, and it's are there points to it that are good? Yeah, yeah. There is a place where guys come together, but. It almost becomes an echo chamber of a victim mindset. And that's exactly why I have a problem with a lot of the different groups that are about men going their own way, about uh, the red pill, where, you know, you hear all these guys who are, who have, a lot of them are men who have either been dating for a while and they can't find that. They want that, that beautiful six foot tall, blonde haired, you know, big breasted shapely woman who is in shape but just lets you do whatever you want you know they have that ideal woman in their head and they comes to someone who is very close to what their idea is and so what do they what do a lot of these men do these men go off and they turn on the nice guy which is the worst thing you can do nice guys finish last they do not earn anybody's respect for reasons that i've mentioned in the past they are just they're they're losers really and it's, I know because I am, I've been a nice guy. I've been that guy who, you know, tried to manipulate my girlfriends and even my wife into making sure that they liked me more. It wasn't because of who I was. I was because who I was trying to be. I was trying to be the ideal person for that, for them. And because we work so hard to try to manipulate them, manipulate the reason why manipulation 
doesn't work is because our our efforts to manipulate a person makes that other person work twice as hard, expel twice as much energy, and it wears them the hell out, man. It just you just get tired of going through all the different things that this person's trying to do. He comes, you know, we show up and we're like, hey, I've got got your flowers, got your flowers, got your flowers, got your flowers. Here's some chocolate. Here's this. Here's that. And we're we go over uh, we and we we try everything we can to make sure that we make this girl like us. And that's not ever going to be the case. You cannot make a person like, and that's why people like uh, nice guys, people pleasers, people pleasers are inherent liars because they will do and say anything, but they won't have any conviction with what they're saying. They won't have any conviction for, what they're doing. They're doing it so that they can make somebody like them. And you can't, like I said, you can't make anybody like you. You can't make anybody feel an emotion. You can't make anybody do something. You can force them. But again, that force only lasts for a very, very short amount of time before it's gone. And people stand up to you and go, you're an idiot and leave. And when a nice guy comes into play, they lose all respect. Well, they don't even start with any respect. When the and when you're like I'm in a lot of different divorce groups to help men out to help kind of direct them over into you know a less victim mindseted uh, area. Some of them don't like it because one of the problems that a lot of men have is it's actually their fault. Um, they lose that respect for a, a woman's not going to love you if she can't respect you. And if you are not being a somebody who she can respect, yet you're sitting there wondering, well, why can't she, why didn't she love me? Why does she leave me out of nowhere? That is because you're being the nice. Now, that doesn't mean that you're to be a jerk. It doesn't mean that you're supposed to be this, this all out asshole. You're, you're a, a need to live your life. And that's one thing about the four pillars of, of relaxed male. When you're working on those four pillars, you're working on your life. You're working on who you are. You're making sure that you are staying in as, as best of a shape as you possibly can. You're staying, you're making, taking care of yourself. You're putting yourself first. And a nice guy can't do that. You can't put yourself first to be a nice guy because you're going to want to sacrifice your, um, your exercise time to, take care of of your girlfriend's dog because she's going to go to the beach with with uh her girlfriend. You're not going to be able to do your reading because you're going to be busy, you know, carrying her purse for her as she uh as she goes and shops for things for her. You're not going to have that respect. But if you are working on yourself, you're reading all the time, you're picking up uh information you have a band of brothers who sits there and supports you on all all your things that you're wanting to and trying to do then you're the men uh, who do that they have they speak with a tone of 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 assertiveness they are assertive and nice guys and and weak will shy away from assertive talk Hey, we need to get this done. Let's get over here and let's get, you know, we speak in a very direct tone. We speak in a very, very assertive way. And when you are a nice guy, you're just kind of, 
oh my God, you're, you're being such an ass. You know, you're being, you're, you're a horrible person because you're demanding stuff of people. No, I'm demanding the best out of people. I'm not demanding people do things, but if you're going to do something for me, then I would like for you to do the best possible. If you're going to, um, if you're going to walk, uh, do a hike with me, well, then I'm not going to carry your backpack for you, dude. So if you put too much stuff in there, you didn't hear, uh, and you, you went against what everybody else was saying. And hey, you need to lighten your pack. You're, you're going to be dying after the first two miles. And at mile three, you're barely hanging on. You know, you're, you're, you've got your, your walking sticks and your, your muscles are, and legs are, are quivering because you, uh, didn't listen. Then that's, you know, that's, that's your, your doing. Now, the red pill and, and the MGTOW guys, are like I said, they they have this echo chamber of of being the victim, and they always and not always, uh, always very broad term, but they're you see a repeat time and time again of things that they were saying. And I came across an article uh, in the Guardian, which okay, depending on your political leanings, that's either a good thing or or a bad thing, but. I I mean, first off, the guy who was taught the writer, <laughs> he was you could definitely tell he was a, a woke journalist. There's a lot of different uh, woke keywords in there. But um, Stephen March actually was talking to the guy who I guess created the subreddit the Red Pill, which interestingly enough was started back in like 2012. I was like, wow, didn't realize, and that's when I realized that uh, this stuff has probably been going on for centuries. Um, but the uh, the moderator said some things that really kind of stood out to me. Now there's some things that he may that talked about, and we're going to be talk, mentioning that. Yeah, he does have a, a certain point that he's making, but you know, it's a, a diversion of how do we get to to that that makes the difference, and that's what makes life you know life interesting. But uh, one of the mod- things the moderator said is, I noticed that uh, the dating game wasn't what I w- was taught. My parents prepared me for, and what I learned from movies. Okay, first off, you're learning how to date women from movies. Yeah, when you're young and you're in high school and you're trying to chase after, you know, those those girls who don't even have themselves figured out, you know what? You're going to run into those problems. Now, what your parents prepared you for was to treat girls nice, be nice to girls, be polite, things like that, not to be a nice guy. They I don't know any parent really teaches a guy, um, I'm a person when dating to be the nice guy. We know what what a guy wants when they're uh, when they're dating uh, dating a girl, but you know, and so no, you don't go off and you go first date. You're going so when we're going to get sleep together. That's not something that is uh, that is uh, stated, and yeah, that would be considered very rude and very uh, very foul, <laughs> really. But uh, you know. What your parents prepared you for was not to go out and try to find the best, hottest look girl in on the, on campus. They prepared you for how to have a conversation with a girl, how to talk to a girl. Your decision of trying to, you know, trying to be the nice guy and try to manipulate a girl into liking you, that's, that's where the problem comes from. And because you got shot down for every time you had a, you were, the nice guy didn't work, then obviously a lot of these guys turn around and go, well, dating seems rigged. 
you don't if you don't show up with you know with the right type of oh, what do they call it sexual marketable sexual value or something like that then uh you're just you're not worth anything and that well no that's completely completely wrong uh, but something else he said is, I found myself putting in all the effort for nothing. It was very defeating. It's not the way uh, courting worked when my parents met. Actually, yeah, it did. It worked just the same. It's nothing. When it comes to dating, nothing's changed except how people meet. Nowadays, people have Tinder and and uh, and plenty of fish and all these other dating apps, and so you don't actually have to get in front of a person and really learn about them face to face. You don't go to and not that bars were a good way to pick up uh to find a a life mate either but you getting out in life is actually the best way if you want to find someone who is compatible with you someone who is um what you want in a person it's not going to be online it never there's times, yeah, it may happen. It's kind of like the the million monkeys banging on a million typewriters. Eventually, one of them is going to come up complete works of Shakespeare. Yet, ninety nine percent of the time, no, that's not going to be the case. That is the um, you're going to find someone who wants somebody else, and you happen to say a few of the right things, and then they got to meet you, and they're like, "Oh, this isn't who I thought this was," and so they. They bail. But in all in all, courting, dating, uh, the the pre-marriage stuff, marriage, it still runs the same. And it has done this has been the same for the past, you know, thousands of years. Yeah, there was a time where people would, you know, had uh prearranged marriages, but and we can discuss whether that was was a good thing or not because honestly I, I personally don't think it was it was a good thing but that's just because i wasn't alive back then back then that was commonplace and so that was accepted but putting all this effort in for nothing was an interesting phrase well no you weren't putting in the effort for nothing now you were putting in the effort and then not learning from that effort that's a problem if you're going up there and you're learning hey this is okay walking up there and having my hair all all bushed out and i'm just myself i've got a you know a t- uh, t-shirt on showing up for and good to go to a nice dinner and i'm showing up in a, in a stained t-shirt and and ratty jeans that are hanging off my butt and you know tennis shoes that are three years old and has a hole in one sole you know that's probably not the best way to show up and sadly a lot of guys <laughs> i see a lot in my the, when boys would go to uh, would my my daughter quickly didn't have any have any of the boys come pick her up at the house because the first couple ones I was like made comments about how they were dressed because they showed up and they were just in these baggy t shirts and you know jeans that were you know two sizes too big and you know they were nervous about it and but didn't know how to to act with other people and so I may I would make comments and you know describe to to my daughter what was what i saw wrong with that and sure enough you know i would make the comments and i'd like to say i'm the you know father knows best type of guy but something would end up happening and you could tell that the guy was you know he had particular things in mind that he was wanting he was wanting to accomplish and that was all he was after now one of the interesting things that he actually, the uh moderator uh mentioned that uh in this uh, guardian article was we are uh, 
When it comes to the red pill, he said, we're accused of misogyny almost daily. I don't deny that language is colorful and there's a lot of emotion expressed by men in the forum, which is really interesting in that whole fact. And that's, there's a, he does have a point because a lot of times when we are told you need to be, uh, need to be more emotionally expressive. You need to, you know, the people, the feminists want us to be, you know, this particular way. Well, we start expressing our emotions and all of a sudden all, all those feminists really start going, whoa, 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 whoa. What the hell is this? We express emotion. We have emotions. We know we have emotions. We express those emotions. We express our thoughts in those emotions. And a lot of times because we speak with a not authoritative, an assertive action in an assertive tone that can, can and does often come off as, you know, comes across as very misogynistic. And in all reality, no, it is just a guy just wanting to let off that steam. He knows that 90% of the time things he's saying is not right and, and is incorrect. No, women aren't out just to screw over men. Though a lot of times, you today's society, it if you would listen, if you look at the, the, um, statistics of what divorces are 90% or 80, 80%, of course, 94% of all internet, uh, polls are, or internet statistics are, are made up on the fly, but uh, something around the, along the lines of 80% of the divorces that are started today are started by the women. So the vast majority is what you get, what we're getting at is the vast majority of divorces are started by the women today. And a lot of the guys, yeah, they think that uh, they're all of a sudden the woman that they loved and adored and cared for. All of a sudden, they, she turns around and she just is trying to take him to the cleaners. Now, is that actually the woman? Uh, really? I honestly have a hard time thinking that it's 100% the woman. Yeah, she may be tired of him. She may be uh, has lost all respect for the guy. And then the lawyer steps in and goes, well, you know what? We can actually probably take him for 75% of all his, all his value. It's the lawyers themselves. Now, are there problems with, uh, with the, with the divorce system in today? Yeah. And there was actually, and it was actually a red pill guy who actually made some really good points. And that he, he talks about how the divorce system today is the same as the divorce system back in, you know, before the no fault divorce, where beforehand, a lot of 90%, you know, the vast majority of all divorces were done by men because men would, you know, they would divorce their, their current wife so they could trade in to, for a newer model. And because he was tr cutting her off from the, uh, from his income and stuff like that. The courts would then turn around and apply her would as a uh, as a condolence as a uh, not a condolence as a uh, not a dower either. What's the oh anyhow the word is is leaving my mind. <laughs> but anyhow, as a um, as a payback for him leaving her, him making the choice to leave her, she often got some alimony and the kids. And I, and today, if the wife is, is doing the divorce, that's not the case. It's still the guy who gets, has to pay the alimony and the guy who has to, who loses the kids. It's flipped. And in all reality, it should be still the same way where if the wife does it, then okay. Then the wife needs to pay up 
since the other one, other part party is not wanting the divorce and the court's going to grant the divorce, then the party who's wanting the divorce to happen should pay out some alimony and give up kids. I think that's, I, I think that's a decent idea because, and I think that would halt a lot of the no fault divorces where, you know, the wife or you or the man himself hits their midlife crisis and goes, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm getting old. I better do all the things that are, I've wanted to do in my life before it gets too late. And in doing so, you know, divorces his wife, goes off, buys a Corvette and, and starts trying to live like a 30 year old again. When, in, when in all reality, he's, he's 50 and it's not, it, it looks sad and pathetic. And I've seen a lot of women who do the exact same thing, who all of a sudden they're, 48, 49, 50 years old, and they wig out and going, oh my God, I'm, God, I've hit the 50-year mark and I have not done anything. I've not lived my life. I've spent my whole life trying to to raise kids and now the kids are out of the house and all that. I, I've got to, you know, I need to let my hair down. I've got to sow my wild oats. I never sold, sowed my wild oats when I was younger. And so they get a divorce and all of a sudden they're sleeping around. Guys do the same thing. And, you know, and leaves the other while the other person who is left at home, you know, is in an emotional wreck. So there are little tidbits uh, of truth in what the red pill is, but the reason for the red pill, the reason for men going their own way, is based upon the a bunch of bunch of grown boys who are mad that they're not getting the smoking hot wife and mad that they aren't uh, getting all the sex that they want. And they're mad that they're not, things aren't going what the way they feel like it should go. And in doing so, so they have decided, never mind, I'm going to take my toys. And in all reality, that's where the problem is. Taking your toys, uh, toys and just leaving doesn't fix the problem. It just, one, it makes you look like a jerk. Two, doesn't provide a solution to whatever the problem is. Yeah, you may have been wrong and you may have, you know, you may need to, there might be some type of redemption that needs to be, be given, but that to, to sit there and pout and to go, I'm, I've been a victim is not going to win anything that playing the victim is just as bad as being the nice guy. Nobody respects a victim. Victims are, are tiresome. They, people don't like them. Yeah. They want to help because it's just in their nature to help people. But eventually they go dude, this person's always got a problem on their hands and that wears them out. And so eventually that victim has to go find somebody else to feel sorry for them. And people honestly get tired of feeling sorry for you. You have to learn to stand on your own two feet. If you were treated wrong, okay, learn what it was that happened. More than likely, you know, guys, if you're get, if you're going through a divorce or you've gotten a divorce, a lot of times it's because you didn't do those four pillars of relaxed smell. You weren't taking care of yourself. You weren't learning. You weren't chasing a passion. You weren't doing the things that when you first got married was what drove the wife, your your wife or your ex-wife to like you, to f- be uh, in, uh, inquisitive about you and to be drawn to you. It's because by the time y'all got a divorce, more than likely you came home, you threw your keys on the on the uh, counter, and you sat down on the couch and went, "Oh God, I had such a bad day." And you started trying to, you know, 
you you weren't contributing to the family other than just being the piggy bank. So you wonder why the wife, uh, the the ex-wife sees you as a piggy bank is because that's all you viewed yourself as. So change the ways you look at stuff, change how you actually uh, present yourself, present yourself as a man who provides for his family, who is there for the family to make her, make the wife laugh, make her uh, to, you go out and you slay that dragon, you come back and you are damn proud of that dragon that you slayed. And you have men there in your tribe and y'all, uh, y'all go out and sit around the campfire and you come home and you smell like, you know, you smell like smoke and you've had, you maybe you go out once a year and you hunt deer and you, or you go fishing and you bring home the, what you caught, do the, a lot of those things, do stuff where you are with uh, other men, do stuff where you are growing and becoming better. Do something that is where that puts you into an area where it that is bigger than you, where you're helping other people, you're helping the other guys in your group, you're helping, and those guys in the group are helping you to help build your business and get your business started and really rolling. And you're and as you become more successful and you're able to bring your wife along with that success, everybody become as long as you are staying driven, as long as you are continuing to learn, as long as you're keeping yourself healthy, as long as you're continuing to feed your mind, your body, your soul, your wife's not going to have a reason to leave you unless you are actually doing something stupid, which is uh, of the three A's, which are the main three reasons why anybody actually needs to have a divorce. And that's an addiction, uh, abuse, or affairs. Those reasons, yeah, you need to be, yeah, rightfully show, rightfully should be divorced, and you are the one who ends up being in the uh, in the hot water where you should be paying the alimony and losing the kids. But again, that's uh, a thought that I had. So with that, guys, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to let you go. I thank you so much for taking time to listen. If uh, you could go over to uh, relaxmail.com forward slash pod chasers, that's P-O-D-C-H-A-S-E-R, and leave a rating and review, that would mean a, a, a lot. If you are have made it this far and you're like, hey, I kind of like how this uh, this went about. I would like to get all the other uh, episodes as they come out. You can do that. Uh, just go over to relaxmail.com forward slash subscribe. And I have got all the different ways that you can actually subscribe to the show. If you've got uh, a particular uh, app that you like, like Overcast or uh, or or uh, Castro or, or even Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, I've got all those covered. If you like to listen through Pandora, boom, I've got a link to be able to uh, to subscribe to through Pandora. I've got uh, all the different ways I possibly think of so that it made I made it as easy as possible to do so. And that is over at relaxmail.com forward slash subscribe. And guys, with that, thanks for listening. Y'all take care. If you're interested in the bro- uh, Brotherhood of Men, again, guys, relaxmail.com forward slash brotherhood. We'll see you there, guys. Until then, next week, bye. Bye.